Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Seventh episode of the Stone Cold Silver podcast. Sandy, can I tell you about this week for me? What happened? Well, uh, on all right, I'll, I'll start on Monday night, right? I think it was Monday night. No, was it Monday night? It isn't. It. We'll, we'll we'll just say we'll just say it was. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm messing up the story already. The very first step. Um, is this even your story? <laughs> it is. <laughs> It, uh, I, I think it's actually Sunday night. So on Sunday night, um, before bed, before uh, Gordon goes to bed, right? He um, he, he he ate dinner. He was playing around, and then um, we're we're getting ready, getting him ready for bed. And then Lena said, "Like I'm leaving the room for a second to get something." And then Lena all of a sudden goes, "Reza, he threw up." And so I come back, and and Gordon like threw up with just like a little bit of food in her hand that she caught it. So um, you know, we clean him up. It just kind of like chalk it up to him uh you know having just like run around a bit and not not too long after eating it's it's atypical for him to throw up but um you know he didn't seem sick or anything like that so send him to school and then um the next day yeah so this is monday yeah that was mother's day that it happened and so the next day on monday um lena had taken the day off and she and her mom are going to be going up to this um to, to an outlet to an uh, the outlet mall is actually down to the outlet mall and uh, I dropped Gordon off at school uh, you know fairly fairly uneventful um, you know morning overall I'm trying to think if there was anything that was awkward or weird um, but I don't think so so I drop him off at school they head out and then about an hour and a half later Lena calls me saying that she's turned around and that I got to go pick up Gordon from daycare um, apparently he had he had some diarrhea and it got everywhere. I was like, oh, all right. So oh, I uh, quickly sent a message to my boss, just like yeah, I got around the house for a little bit. Um, go pick him up, bring him home. He seems fine and everything like that. But you know, and and like to me, ha- like uh, I having not seen what it looked like, I just wasn't sure. I'm sitting there thinking like maybe he just ate something off, right? Like the day before. Um, he ate like a whole bunch of strawberries he ate all this food he really enjoyed his his mother's day dinner or or, or meals and so i'm like maybe he just ate too much that's what i thought um what when it was like that throw up and then it was like oh he had diarrhea it's like okay well maybe maybe it was just um maybe he ate maybe there was something that was you know he got a little food poisoning right um so bring him home you know, give him a quick. Uh, no, I didn't even give him a bath. He he fell asleep. He was sleeping in the car. So um, I put him okay. and put him into his bed. Uh, after he woke up, we gave him a bath and everything like that. But um, yeah, he goes to the day. Just kind of took it pretty chill. Just kind of relaxed. Um, they said that he was at. He just wasn't himself at daycare that day. Like he was just kind of like standing around. and wasn't doing anything. He wasn't interacting with anybody. And it, and like they noticed something like in his vicinity that he, it smelled bad. And so that's when they noticed. Um, so, so yeah, it, he that the rest of that day he wasn't really eating, but for the most part he seemed fine. He he didn't really he he didn't use the bathroom again that day, as far as I'm aware, for, as far at least as far as I recall right now. And so, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, okay, well maybe it's just a one time thing. You know, they said 
just, uh, you know, if they're no, if the symptoms don't return within 24 hours, he can go back to school. And so symptoms never returned because he never used the bathroom again within the 24 hours. However, because he was, he just wasn't eating and everything. He seemed still off. We decided to keep him home from school. You know, we, we now have the support again from his grandma. So, um, you know, more or less able to get a full day's work, uh, worth of work done even with him home. So, um, that's what we did. We kept him home, hung out with his grandma, grandma, uh, his grandpa came through, hung out with him for a little bit. Um, and overall fairly normal day. So again, I'm like, all right, cool. Nothing, nothing seems off about this. Right. So, um, think of what happened next. Uh, so I had to take, um, Lena's sister to the airport cause she drove up with Lena's mom. So she was flying back. And so I'm taking her to the end just before I left the house, Lena, all of a sudden was like, it's contagious. I'm sick. Like she threw up. So I'm like, oh, oh shoot. No. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so Lena and her, so Lena's mom spent the most time with Gordon over the last like, you know, 24 hours. So I'm like, okay, the, I'm worried if she's going to get sick. Uh, Lena is definitely obviously already sick and I'm wondering if I'm going to get sick. So at this point I'm like, all right, well, I got to go take her to the airport. So I'm all the way to the airport. As I'm driving, I'm like, I start to feel my stomach feel a little bit off and I'm like, is this just psychological? You know, like he, having heard right. that it's, something's contagious. I didn't spend, like, I, I hung out with Gordon, but I didn't spend, like, a ton of time with him. Um, so, like, it's possible that I could have gotten away with it without getting it. But I'm starting to feel something a little bit off in my stomach, but I'm like, it's it's just got to be psychological at this point. So, uh, drop her off at the airport. I, I head back. I had to stop at the grocery store. And I was like, oh, let me get some stuff to like make chicken noodle soup for everybody, right? Like, because at this point, I get confirmation that Lena's mom has it too. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm the last one now. I gotta, uh, gotta take care of everybody. So I get some stuff, get some chicken, get some vegetables, and then uh, I come home, get the stuff into the fridge, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, uh oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. And so I'm like, all right, well, it's three for three at this point. Um, Yikes. I, uh, so the last time I got like really bad, badly sick was if you recall when I went to Italy, like a stomach sickness. I went to Italy yeah. and uh, I drank some water there thinking that it was cool. From like a public water fountain. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool at all. Um, I It hurt so bad. I was completely out of commission for a good 48 hours. Our entire trip to Rome was basically ruined because I was just bedridden and I was just like constant. I was like going from the bed to the toilet, bed to the toilet, sleeping. Um, I would have a little spurts where I thought I was okay. And then I just wasn't like, we went to the Vatican. We got to the Vatican. I was like, I gotta go. We gotta, we gotta leave yeah. right, right now. Um, <laughs> so th it was reminiscent of that actually, in terms of like the pain and just like the, the, the only oh, no. relief that I would get is throwing up. Even when your stomach is empty, like that's, that's where I was at. So I, uh, it's, it's probably, trying to think of the time it was probably like nine o'clock nine nine or ten o'clock and it's probably no, i don't even think it was that late it's probably earlier than that and um and lena's you know she's out too um lena's mom is out gordon's you know he's fast asleep he's chilling he's he's cool <laughs> um yeah but for him you know, at this point he's done he, he never even like i said based off his symptoms and stuff he never exhibited any like type of pain he never threw up the only thing was that one time that he had diarrhea, but the other thing was that he wasn't eating, so we knew his appetite was off. But otherwise, he was he was normal. He was normal, Gordon. So, for us, we were in a lot of pain. 
constantly like like i was sleeping in 30 minute bursts i would sleep for 30 yes. minutes i would wake up and i would be like not like nauseous dizzy and yeah. i would just have to run to the bathroom and throw up and then come back go to sleep and then repeat this this kept going on for until about 1 30 in the morning and lena she woke up and she was feeling better now she wasn't like good but she was feeling better her stomach wasn't hurting that type of way anymore for me i still like i was a little bit delayed on when i started feeling the symptoms so i still had a little bit more left um but after that i finally fell asleep i slept for like a good four four to five hours straight and then i started feeling better the next day um but i wasn't normal yet i didn't have any type of appetite whatsoever on wednesday i didn't i didn't eat breakfast i didn't eat lunch i think i had like a little tiny like snack and uh, I barely ate dinner that night. It wasn't until the next day, I think breakfast, I had oatmeal a full day later that I started to feel normal. I Before I ate that meal that day, I weighed myself. I lost like five or six pounds in that time period. That's insane. Which, which I've already like, you know, you put back, you know, you, you've completely emptied your entire system. There's water weight that you've lost. Um, so, you know, it come, it goes back to normal. But like seeing that number, seeing that drop such in such a rapid amount of time was crazy. Now we're yeah. at, at this point we're all back to normal we're all better but man that that didn't feel good and, and it gives me like another sense of appreciation for people who, who have like these constant like you know like people undergoing chemo and stuff and just oh, like yeah. feeling the pain because i had this for one night of like this nausea throwing up whatever and these there are people who do this consistently like on a regular basis and i'm like man i don't i don't know how i would deal with that type of pain and that like discomfort just it sucks yeah anyway that's uh that's the story i gotta tell or i had to tell so remind me like the total timeline of this whole thing how long yeah so 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 we'll just say for gordon it started on monday um for us we got sick tuesday uh evening so like lena started kicking in at two at 5 p.m on on that tuesday whereas for me it was about three hours later at um on Tuesday and I didn't eat a normal meal until um Thursday like afternoon where I had like a proper dinner so we'll say wow. that it was it was basically like 40 it was 20 it was not 24 hours it was we'll say it was about 24 hours ish of pain and just like discomfort because this my stomach pain still existed that following day but when I wasn't eating I was okay um, but my appetite was gone for almost 48 hours. Yeah, that's rough. That's absolutely rough. Yeah. How and often it, has this happened? Oh, very rarely. Very rarely. Um, we found out that other people in his school were getting these problems. So it's it's very clearly some type of like stomach virus. Um, apparently yeah. like five or six of the kids in his classroom have been out this that past week. And a teacher also was out sick too for a day or two. So uh it's definitely something that's going around and um yeah but no nothing like that i've never we've never had i've caught i've caught colds from gordon before but i've never caught anything like this from him before so that was um it was a new experience it was a I'm very surprised that this is the first time this has happened yeah i mean like i'm trying to think what else i mean he really could have had like he's never he, he hasn't been in daycare for super long and thinking That's about fair. like i guess the other things that could possibly that could possibly infect him like he's if his entire life he's almost two now right so over his entire life i think he's been at daycare for about four total months 
of his entire life, I think. Something like something around that around that number. So yeah, not not a crazy long time. He's we've caught again, we've caught colds from him before. Um but he he himself has never really been super sick. He's gotten a couple of ear infections also. Uh, probably st- stemmed from his experience in daycare uh late 2020 but um yeah that's that's really been it he just shoves wow. everything into his mouth dude like today i took him to the playground and uh he he wasn't like letting me up onto the top portion of like the jungle gym and so i'm like oh why not and and like he like keeps like running to this little like reflective mirror thing that's up there and so, like, I sneak a peek at him to see what he's doing. He's pushing his face against it, and he's licking it. I'm like, dude, Gordon, <laughs> this is why you're always getting sick. You just can't stop just licking things and shoving things into your mouth. You think it's cool? It's not cool, man. Yeah. So, like, he's always got his fingers, like, lodged into his mouth. And I don't know. We wash his hands a lot. Like, every time we go outside, come back in, wash his hands. Every, like, we wash his hands pretty frequently. But, you know, you can only do so much. You really can't. I bet he has a. I bet he has a really strong immune system. I, uh, I guess. I guess that comes out of all this. Maybe not immediately, but like. Yeah, let's hope he's so. He's not a bubble boy, that's for sure. Let's hope so. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was that. Um, you know, it wasn't the most productive week at work because of the sickness and everything, which is unfortunate. Um, but I still got it quite a bit done. Um, I know Lena got way less done than me. But, yeah. Looking forward to getting him back to school, and hopefully that that bug has um, his his uh, subsided from his class at least. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad you guys are definitely on the other. Hopefully, you guys are on the other side of this thing. Yeah, yeah. So, what about you? Well, what, do you what do you got the, going? Uh, the beauties of daycare. Um. Well. Carolyn ran a half marathon this weekend, so that was really exciting. She nice. had run a one half marathon, I want to say, like two weekends ago. Um, wow. Two or three weekends ago. Wow, wow. Okay. Uh, it, was the, it was like the New York City, uh, basically the timing of the New York City one. And this one was considered the uh, the Brooklyn one. And okay. And so it was, uh, it was pretty dope to like... You know, she's she's in that kind of shape right now where she's running. She can like sustain like six to eight uh, mile runs, no problem. And I'm like nowhere near that, obviously. But it's gonna be uh, exciting to get to that point at some point. Yeah. Are you planning um, on doing it like soon? I mean, I, I kind of need to, if I'm being honest with you. It, are you uh, gonna are you gonna be running in the in like so the, the you you were scheduled to run in the uh the was it is it the japan it was it the tokyo marathon right it was the tokyo marathon yeah right and so is has that been rescheduled are you going to be running in that again or not again, um but? so it was rescheduled it's rescheduled for the end of october and so yeah i am i'm scheduled to run that which okay. is uh super exciting I'll gotcha say. yeah um, yeah, let me. Uh, so I know I t- I texted you about this. Yeah, but uh, I, hear but I this. figured I would share this story, um, this super awesome story, of you know this was like the first time that I had walked to the east side during all of uh, COVID, and so it had been a while I guess since uh, since I've been on that side, and you know like I said, Carolyn was running a half marathon 
she told me where the end of her run was going to be. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, I will meet you over there. I made brunch plans for us. And it was going to be uh, relatively straightforward, like, uh, sort of day. And then as uh, I literally had just met up with her. And we, uh, like, I was like, hey, all right, you still have a little bit left to go. I will, um, I'll meet you there at the restaurant, like, just keep keep getting the miles in if, if you will and i am crossing first avenue and this uh it's like 33rd and first okay and then there's this like dude in the middle of the crosswalk that's coming my way now, granted it's a busy crosswalk so i'm like all right you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go to one side i'm gonna go to my right side and he sort of goes to his left so he's like in my way for some yeah and i'm like oh i don't like this and um, he sort of makes eye contact with me. Now, I'm telling the story, but I want you to know that I was wearing a mask and I was wearing sunglasses. So, like, not easily identifiable, but right. I guess, you know, with my hair out, I guess it's easy to identify me. Um, but he, uh, he gets close to me and I, I knew or not new, but I had sensed to some degree that he was like looking at me. He was stepping to you. He, well, kind of. And I, uh, I'm like bracing myself because I've been like waiting for this pitch to come across the plate like this entire time. And he literally makes eye contact with me and then he says, get the fuck out of New York. And I think you know, the joke is like, I woke up and I chose violence. Uh, but, you know, I think part of me was really happy that I was like bracing myself for this to happen so that when he said something, I literally was like less shell shocked at the fact that something was said and yeah. more just ready uh, and like to respond. And so I just told him to go fuck himself. And then, now, now granted, I, you know, I, I like, like, I could described him as like this obese dude and i told uh when i told him that he like kind of like lunged at me you didn't take kindly to that is what you're telling me i uh (laughs) made me a little nervous um i'm not gonna lie made me a little nervous uh but he like lunged at me but because he was like really out of shape Uh and like on the older side that when he did that, I just like sort of like walked over to the side a little bit, and then I I, I told him like, you know go fuck himself again. And then as we're crossing the uh, the sidewalk, I'm like just sort of keeping my eye out on him, right? And just to see like if he was gonna follow. He's gonna roll he up behind you. Yeah, right. Uh, thankfully, he did not uh, like follow me, but that was the uh, that was my experience. And I was like, man, like. You, you really think that, like, these things are going to happen in, like, certain areas? I don't like, even know what areas they would hypothetically be. Uh, when I say, like, oh, you would expect these to happen in a certain area? Yeah. But the fact that it happened in, like, Midtown East at, like, noon, when there's, like, so many people walking around, felt like a really weird thing, I'll say. Yeah. I got to say, when you told me this, it pissed me off so much. And, like, again, I can only imagine how angry you were, but... I'm reading this text 
I'm reading these texts. I'm, I'm literally I'm at the park with Gordon last week or la- yeah, last week uh, yesterday when yeah. I when I get this message and I'm like what? I'm like what? <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate. Oh you. man, I was I was fuming. I'm sitting there like pushing Gordon. I was probably pushing him too high on the swing set. <laughs> he's like the cartoon Dead like you're like, pushing him too hard, and he like he's like his like butt is like lifting off of the yeah. swing a little bit, and he goes, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah, um, but no, I, I yeah. was I was so upset. And I, yeah, man, like, and, and yeah, like the, the, the other, the other aspect of this is that you tell you, you respond and he lunges at you as if you're the one who said something to him. Like if anyone lunges out in this scenario, you would think that it would be you because he just said something super disrespectful to you. Right. Meanwhile, he's lunging at you after he after he said something to you and he didn't like the response that you said it wasn't like your response was like anything crazy like if you called him out on something personal you know if you felt like a normal thing for me to say yeah right you'd be like (laughs) it's not that it wasn't that absurd right and so the fact that the fact that he reacts and lunges at you it's like he was just looking for a fight that day i guess but he decided to throw a little bit of uh i guess casual racism into uh I guess everyone his, it, woke up and chose violence. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm super glad that you're you're okay. That like you know physically yeah. that you're okay. Um, but like I mean there there are moments where like you'll have when you be driving right and something happens and and it will sit with me all day. Whether it's a mistake that I made or probably more often than not it's a mistake that I made and someone reacted to me. And I'm like, I just can't stop thinking about it. But like just any altercation with anybody just sits with me all day. And in this in this scenario where someone someone's calling you saying that to you. Right. It's like what? Did I appreciate it? No. <laughs> not ha- not 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 happy with the uh the interaction. But I think the perverse thing about it is that I didn't feel threatened. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, what if I had felt threatened? And they were like, if you had felt threatened, you would have had to like minimize yourself in that experience and just like take it and like walk away. Yeah. And so perversely, I'm grateful that I didn't feel threatened and that I did get to like swing at the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Again, you know, the other aspect of this is, like, I feel like I've been, like, wanting this to happen in a weird way so that I could, like, feel like, you know, I was somebody that got to say something because uh, not everyone obviously gets to say something. Uh, yeah. Most people just get walloped, and that's no good, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so I figure I just wanted to – I'm not looking for this kind of stuff. This is, like, not the kind of thing you'd, like, tempt fate about, you know what I mean? Um, right. And so – just wanted to say all this. Yeah, appreciate you sharing. Yeah, I appreciate your support. When I when I texted you, I was like, I texted you. You're the first person I told. I was like, you know what? You got to hear this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't get too many more of those. But you know. Yeah, you hope not, right? Hopefully, hopefully you have another, a fairly uh, boring life. <laughs> the rest boring rest of your life when it comes to things like that. Yeah. So. Um, otherwise, like, you know, it was great to support Carolyn and her, like, finishing her, uh, her half marathon, and then, um, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, congratulations to her. That's awesome, too. Yeah, yeah, Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Let me just throw this in here really quickly. Because I was... Do you you listen to the uh, the Daily Podcast? Uh, I used to, but I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah, I don't listen to it very often anymore. I used to listen to it daily, and my podcast listening has really just tailed off dramatically lately. Uh, obviously, as I talked about last week, I've been watching some anime, and the, the time the time when I would listen to uh, podcasts, I've I've act like doing dishes or like if I'm cooking or something like that. I oftentimes just have like an anime on the background, so my my ability to listen to the podcast is greatly reduced again ever since I stopped driving as much as I used to or commuting to work and. Uh, as, as, and then when I switched over from podcast to uh, cartoons, adult cartoons, went <laughs> around the house. But I listened to it today when I was uh, walking with Gordon, and there was an episode that aired yesterday. They spoke to a um, a, a a person who made uh, who beca- who became a millionaire because of Dogecoin. And oh, man, wow. like he talked about. It, so he was this is a 33 year old dude. So he's basically our our age. He um, he's an immigrant. Moved here from Brazil. Moved to DC, to DC with his parents from Brazil when he was a little kid, and then he uh, got into the music industry and lives in LA. And um, so they were talking to him, and he was saying that at some point early this year, the whole like he he heard about the GameStop thing and he heard about Wall Street bets. So he hops on on uh, Wall Street bets, follows the GameStop story for a bit decides finally to buy in at and he puts his life savings which was about i don't know he said about like let's because he was talking about trying to buy a house um and so he had enough money to buy to put a 20 percent down payment on like a 300 some thousand dollar house so he basically had around let's just say seventy thousand dollars cash he bought he puts all of it i think or a lot of it into gamestop at three hundred dollars which of course as you know it went from three hundred dollars up to about four hundred fifty. Three hundred dollars is over. The game's and over. The, and then it tanked because uh, you know around the time when Robinhood and all the other brokerages shut down tr- uh, buys for for the right. majority of people. So that happened. He lost a bunch of money, right? But he was like still super intrigued by it because he would he would go on Wall Street bets and he would see all these people who made hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, on the whole GameStop thing. And so he was like, if I could just, you know, because there were people who got into GameStop, of course, like when it was, you know, 10 bucks a share, $50 a share, whatever it was, and and they happened to sell at the right time. So he, uh, he gets in. So he's, he's following the subreddit and then somebody presents the question. He says that they, you know, someone goes, has Dogecoin ever hit a dollar? And I was like, first of all, I'm thinking that's a stupid question that you, you could just Google that. Why, why you, why are you posting that question to Wall Street Bets? Anyway, um, so this person asked this question, and he's like, what's Dogecoin? Because he he's never really heard of cryptocurrencies. So he starts researching it, um, starts reading a lot about it. And then around the same time, Elon Musk tweets about it. And when Elon Musk tweets about it, it jumps up to like, you know, four or five cents per coin. And for like years, and I, I had actually mined some Dogecoin way like years ago. I have no idea. I don't think I have them anymore. I don't know where that wallet is. So however many Dogecoin I have, which could be, you know, worth like, let's say 10 bucks now are, are just, you know, non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, he, uh, he, he buys in when it's about four cents per coin and he puts in all of his money. He puts oh in, he puts in, you know, when people talk about yellowing on wall street bets or not even just wall street bets anywhere, Incredible. people talk about putting all their money. I'm like the 
balls that that takes, I would never ever. I bet he was single. Oh, he's got to be right. I would never put all of my money into a bet ever. If you did that, they would never find your body. Dude, (laughs) and imagine imagine telling people that that you've done it, right? Like even when I bought GameStop way back when and I, I only bought like, I can't remember how much I bought. I probably bought like five hundred to seven hundred dollars worth of GameStop at that uh, at at that like sixty dollar price point. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell people about it. It wasn't until like I, who was like why well, was I going to tell anybody about it anyway? Right? I told you about it because you were aware and you were in it. You, you know, you you were following the story, but it wasn't until the price hit like two fifty where people were like, "Yo, you guys hearing about GameStop?" and and uh, people n- know that I'm on Reddit. So like, yo, Reza, did you buy GameStop? I was like, yeah. They're like, why don't you tell me? I was like, because I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I thought it was dumb when I did it. Right. Anyway, so he he buys like several, like tens of thousands of dollars of, uh, no, he bought, he ended up buying, uh, what did he say? $250,000 worth of Dogecoin. So he buys $250,000 worth of Dogecoin, which I think is out is outrageous. Um but like as you know, the price of Dogecoin is pretty close to a dollar, or at least it got close to a dollar um, like a week or two ago. And so, right. in like he said, it was apparently sixty nine days exactly after he made his his initial purchase, the uh, the value of his Dogecoin hit a million dollars, and it kept going up. So when they were interviewing him, the price was it, his his Dogecoin were worth about two point five million dollars, and they were asking him like, okay, well when if ever do you sell and he's like oh i'm not selling these and they're like really like not even a little bit he's like no like he's like i believe in it like he's like i believe that it's the future and i was like oh no no people say that i'm listening to this thing and i'm like this man's drank too much of the wall street bets kool-aid he's he's not even the wall street bets he's been he's been drinking way too much of the kool-aid he's he's one of those people who were like yo gamestop is going up to like ten thousand dollars per share and i'm still not selling when it hits that point and I'm like, you right. guys, you guys, you guys need some type of like protection plan, right? Like, what is the pro? If if you have two and a half million dollars, and you off of an of original two hundred fifty thousand dollar investment, just pull your two fifty k out and let let the other two point two five sit there and do what it's gonna you do. You gotta because learn that lesson is the hard that, way, though. Is that two hundred fifty thousand dollars pulled out now really going to affect the over like? Is that really going to impact your potential gains that much? Where you're going to be like, ah, man, see, I know, I knew I should have pulled out my two hundred fifty thousand dollars at that point. Like, no, because he he gave the analogy. He gave this. He gave this real quick analogy. He's like, like think about the people who bought Amazon when it was ten dollars a share. Like, do you think that they pulled out when it was three hundred dollars a share? Like, do you think they would have been upset if they did? And I'm like, no, they wouldn't be upset (laughs) because they just. They just made 30 times their original investment and they probably didn't pull everything out. Like it's not an all or nothing game, right? But yeah, what were you going to say? I'm just saying that like people who don't sell like that and I happen to be one of those people, like you got to learn that lesson the hard way. Yeah, you do. You do. It's really like the long and short of it. Like you either like just learning that lesson is not an easy one to learn um and you have to have like been in a position to to lose or like feel like you uh had to write it out hard and that's not always the case uh but that's also like something that you live through with experience because as you get older you hope to learn how to do certain things differently you know yeah yeah no i I definitely agree with that 
I, I think you're right. I mean, like it's definitely something that you need to learn yourself. That you need to that you need to learn that hard lesson. I just wish some of these people weren't learning this hard lesson with their life savings. You know. Like, like, I feel like, I feel like I learned a pretty good lesson with GameStop when I didn't sell anything at that $400 price point. And the next time when I was still left, still hanging around holding my GameStop chips, when it tanked back down to whatever, you know, to below my original buy-in price. And I just kept holding when it started going up again, you best believe I put in a whole lot of like, I, I put a whole lot of uh, limit sells in so that, you know, when it hit a hundred dollars I, I sold like two shares here and it hit like 150 i sold a few yeah. more shares there so like by the time it hit its new peak at like 300 i had already made like a thousand dollars which was far more than my original investment and then on top of that it kept going up even higher it eventually fell and i never i never i never got the chance to sell everything at its peak but like who ever really does so it it, it started to fall and i was able to sell the rest at the, you know after the fall but like i still made more money like that was well, at that point I, again i'd already pulled out my original investment so all that stuff was just still more profit i just wish i will say <laughs> this though hearing about this with guy, the GameStop, like, with the GameStop bit though like you got yeah. lucky that it came back, it as, back soon as it did yeah i know right I really so you did. got a chance to like yeah, make the I mistake learned. quote unquote and then come back right learn from it with the same exact thing yeah and that right. was still you got, you like, got a mulligan you got a mulligan yeah i really did i really did yeah and so i'm sitting there watching this guy and they're like okay well what are you gonna do and um you know last the last couple of weeks in the market in general have been really rough and it wasn't particularly yeah. kind on dogecoin either so dogecoin lost about 33 percent of its value um apparently apparently it's the number from the the podcast in the last week and so they spoke to him quickly and they were like you know are you are you regretful that you didn't sell at the peak he goes no I'm I'm buying. I'm just gonna buy more. He's like, I'm just I'm buying the dip. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, good for him. Yeah, yeah. To have disposable income to do something like that. Yeah, but that was the thing. They were talking about talking to him about money in general, and they were saying how he grew up poor. His parents never owned a house. His big dream has always been to own a house. And one of the reasons why he had that disposable income to begin with is because when he was got into the music industry and he got his first job, he's like, first of all, they gave him his first job. They were offering, they were, they were paying him $35,000 a year. No, $30,000 a year, I think is what he said. And uh, his friends were like, that's, that's not that much money. He was stoked about it. And so like, you should ask for more. So he went and asked for 40. They, they ended up talking him down to 36. So that was his first salary job. And eventually, you know, he's got promotions, he's got more responsibilities to the point where he was making like 60 some thousand dollars a year. And I don't know if that's his current salary or what it is, but he kept saving his money and we eventually tried to buy a house, but it just wasn't working out. You know, of course, the L.A. housing market and, right. and California in general. So it didn't work out for him. So he ended up having a lot of money that he was able to put into these uh into GameStop and put it in, and and lose a bunch of money. He ended up losing a bunch of money in GameStop, but then eventually putting more money into Dogecoin and winning big. And uh, my thing is, my only thing is, um, you know the, you know if you're going into it, especially the way he was, it was like a get rich quick thing, right? If you're if you're gonna yellow in on anything, you're hoping to get rich quick. Why I I just don't get why you wouldn't try to protect yourself a little bit, but just like you said, it's one of those things you got to learn on your own, right? You gotta learn if, uh, on your own. Yeah. It's just like the whole... that, like, there's so many opportunities to quote unquote yeah. get rich quick. You you would have to think that there's like some sort of bubble, right? Yeah. So the person who did the story, he it was he he did another uh, really interesting story. He wrote a New York Times piece 
and then and then made it into an NFT and sold it. And the uh, the uh, at the auction, it ended up selling for over like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> which he was like shot by. And of course, he doesn't get to keep that money. It's part, you know, it's an it's a New York Times thing. It ended up getting don the money ended up getting donated to whatever charity. But um, he he was like it. You know, he did a quick update on that too. He goes that that piece that he wrote ended up it's it's now worth like one point four million dollars. So he's like, you know, I'm technically, he's like, I'm, I guess I'm, I, I guess he more or less produced a piece of work that, that is, that's worth over a million dollars. But like you said, like these things don't have any real value beside the, the value that others are willing to assign it. That's the thing that I find so dangerous about crypto. And one of the reasons why I just never got into it is as an investment opportunity, I just find it so difficult. Like it's impossible to assess the value of it, the value, well, it's, I shouldn't say it's impossible. I think it's impossible because I don't know enough about it, but I would just say that I find it much more risky than something like a classical stock where it, it, you know, beyond the GameStop and, you know, AMC or whatever else, like, you know, you're, there's, there's a level of, um, of worth that that stock has relative to the performance of a company that I, that you can t typically measure and it was like okay that number makes sense right but with these uh with these like N uh, nfts with the cryptocurrencies and stuff the the prices that they're going to like see if you just go back and look at cryptos or crypto if you look at dogecoins like previous year if you go back just one year it's uh it's it's pretty much gained its entire value in the last year because one year ago one dogecoin was worth was worth uh, a fifth of a penny and today it's worth 49 like right now it's worth 49.7 cents per dogecoin yeah i mean you could easily become it's, i mean there was a they said that there was a goldman sachs svp that uh retired like left the firm and retired because he made all this money via dogecoin it's nuts yeah it, i mean in the last year doge is up almost twenty thousand percent in the last five years, Doge is up two hundred and fifty thousand percent. So five years ago, it, a single Dogecoin was worth uh, three percent of a single penny, three three one hundredths of a penny. Right. It's crazy. So yeah, um, like you look at these. If you look at the chart, it's crazy. Just like how how flat it is. At one point in Jan January of twenty eighteen, it actually hit a penny. I never I never actually realized that there was a peak like that. But then it, it fell promptly and never really hit above that point again for almost three full years before early this year when it went to crazy levels. But that's also the thing that the, the crazy thing about Doge in general now is the power that people like a, like a single tweet from Elon Musk has such a profound impact on the oh, yeah. entire market of, of Doge. And I find that pretty nuts. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. And one thing I wanted to comment though is you said that you know the the perceived value of things, and I think that's where a lot of people are struggling to figure out and follow these nuts like valuations on especially like crypto uh, assets. Yeah. Because there's like this the concept of intrinsic value and extrinsic value, and a lot of this uh, a lot of these things like you said, do not have any intrinsic value. But if there is extrinsic value, 
And that's really all you need for this thing to like make money for people, like make a make a, a ton of money. But yeah. because it's so hard from like a traditional valuation perspective to be like, uh, like I don't understand this at all. Then there's like that. I don't want to call it an arbitrage opportunity, but that's where like that difference comes from. Like somebody yoloing it at like four cents and now has a two point six million. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, with, with risk comes reward, though. So it's just different people have risk, different risk profiles and you know yeah, parameters yeah, for sure. that you're working through. Like not all of us can just like YOLO life savings into crypto coins that were designed to not have real value. You know. Yeah, yeah. Some of those literally designed as a joke. Yeah. Well, on to the next opportunity. I'll say. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not in a. Uh, I'm just thankful that I'm not like a risky, a, a risk-taking person like that. Because man, like, you talk about the, you know, the feeling when that you got when you watched. Um, what's that one uh uncut gems it took me yeah. two sittings to watch that movie because of like the anxiety that i was getting getting for the character i uh, well, am not, double down I, at every and double down at every turn Hell i yeah. am i am not built to handle that level of stress i and i was that was that was just movie made up stress if that was my if that was my money oh my god if if imagine like if if i put in if i put in like fifty thousand dollars in a dogecoin today and it, and then I, or like let's imagine if I put it in at Dogecoin fifty thousand at Dogecoin when it was seventy cents and then it tanked to like the forty nine cents that it is right now. Oh man, <laughs> you I I would have just uh, lost like twenty five percent of that money. Yeah, that's uh that you can't I, stomach I'm it. Just, you can't yeah, stomach it. No, no, I'm not built for that. I'm not built for it. You should just throw your money into like mutual funds. Yep, basically that's the uh, that's the plan. And like a small percentage in like a, a traditional investing account and like not touching this like crazy stuff because like this essentially becomes a third rail really quickly yeah all right well like i said on to the next opportunity and we'll, we'll see if uh we'll see if there's any point in the future where we're recording this from our private islands <laughs> sounds good all right we're gonna get out of here right yeah all right well, i'm russa i'm sandy Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week.